0: Out of Austin, Texas, you're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean.
1: Sorry, Gregor. Um, there's a host of technical issues with the pro- program, not mine. Um, they disconnected the Unsanctioned Citizen. And merged everything with that AI show. I did not do this, but it was done uh, for me by the platform, so that my regular listenership would not be able to benefit from the podcast directly. So I did send it out to everybody who's in my follower list. Uh, Gregor, are you still with me? If you can unmute your mic, just say hello. If not, uh, punch in, punch in your descent in the chat. Are you there? Can you hear me now? Okay. Day? Okay, so your mic has gone out again. We may have to restart the show, but I'm going to keep going, the, as best I can. Gregor, if you could just raise your hand, or I'm testing my mic one more time. Yeah, it's it just came in and then it popped back out. So um, I don't really know why that's happening, but that's a significant problem. I've got an open queue right now to tell Colin that there is, my show has disappeared, um, that the, the unsanctioned citizen has disappeared, and uh, my co-host cannot be heard. on heard at all on that AI show I need extra help uh, guarding administration at the show I don't care if you don't like me I have a voice and I'm going to use it
2: <clears throat> and one should always Retest their microphone every so often to
1: see how it works. Okay, excellent. So, we are still with it. Um, we're working together. We're draft. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think I sent this. So, it, it, it's titled, Where is the Unsanctioned Citizen? And we're off to the races. You know, I'm really sorry about all these technical problems. Maybe some of these technical problems will resolve themselves. Um, if the merger with Rumble is successful. So, that's what I'm hoping. So, I'm going to send yes, out... I
2: would like to Rumble. Thank you very much.
1: Okay. Why would you like to Rumble, Gregor?
2: I just think it's more fun than being cut off and so, so on and so forth. I was just thinking that have a little more expertise in the audio-video department and it might be a little bit smoother in the end but of course that's going to take time too because merging the code is going to take a long time
1: you mean like integrating like the the platform work like so if they made it a platform integration yeah and i mean i don't know if that's for sure what they're going to do if they're going to have two separate
2: i haven't heard whether they're planning on having two separate apps for if they're going to integrate the two seems insane to me to not integrate the two
1: Yeah, it would be fun and it would be helpful. Um, The administration or the co-administration of of this platform, you know, the governance would be different for sure. And uh, the automated government of the platform would be different as far as like the technical governance. So with that, it really is an AI show because this week was AI week. Uh, I would say that most of the press went to the hearing uh, with Sam Altman but that's not necessarily the right place to start. So Sam Altman wants a job. Okay, so we're all we're getting in the press from MSNBC and everybody all the way down is house members to host bipartisan dinner with OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. I'm like, oh, so why does he get to to suddenly just have a, a closed door, you know, not, not welcome to the public dinner so that he can co-administrate um, public policy to the public. It sounds like he wants a public job. And I'm thinking, okay, well we had a, a, a big hearing this week with the Homeland Security uh, Senate Committee on governance and AI governance. Didn't get any coverage. We aired some of it. Prior to this this uh, this broadcast. And. You know. Some of those things were, were kind of. Kind of blunted. But you know. Before I, I go there. I wanted to talk about. Current AI governance. That, that we find kind of problematic. And I, I think that this is all. Put together. So we're just coming out of this Cold War phase where there's there was something called misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, or MDM. And it was found to be unlawful. And it was kicked to the Weaponization Committee versus the Homeland Security Committee. But I think that there's a lot of ping pong because there are people on the Homeland Security Committee still who are very attached to misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation as a governance clique for the public. But it's not codified in law, and they're going to start cutting the budget for it. So there's a fight right now to keep COVID law and COVID arbitrary administration without law in place. And one of those occurrences that popped up this week. I'm going to pull up the um, Reclaim the Net article. This is a new democratic bill calls for a federal agency to create behavioral codes and introduce disinformation experts as co-governing authorities. Now, this would essentially... This is the Digital Platform Commission Act of 2023, and what it does is it codifies... MDM policy that was uh, covertly enacted or kind of surreptitiously enacted during the pandemic uh, on emergency force. So I'm just going to read these three paragraphs to you. On May 18th, two senators introduced the Digital Platform Commission Act of 2023, a bill that seeks to give powers to a new federal agency that will set up a council to regulate AI in in the context of social platforms. More precisely, the new body, the Federal Digital Platform Commission, would rule on what's termed as enforceable behavioral codes, and among those staffing, it will be disinformation experts. Now, you're going to have to pay for this. The move was by the two Democratic Senators, Michael Bennett and Peter Welch, seems to have come in concert with congressional testimony delivered by OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. Since the bill was presented shortly afterwards and backs Altman's idea to form a new federal agency of the kind. Altman had more thoughts, pardon me, on how this should work. The new agency, according to him, might be given the power to restrict AI development, but via licensing or credentialing, and the speed with which two senators picked up on this to announce their bill may owe to the fact that Bennett only had to go back and update one he already had introduced or lobbied lobby the congress for in 2022 during the covid pandemic so this time around the proposed legislation has been changed in a number of ways most notably by redefining what digital platform is the bill wants this definition i'm reading further but it's important information the, the bill <clears throat> wants the definition to cover those companies that provide content quote-unquote primarily generated by algorithmic processes this is done by proposing that the future commission be given the authority over how personal information is used in decision-making or content generation, which is thought to specifically refer to tech like chat GPT. Well, chat GPT doesn't have any personal information except for the, what it grabs, and the personal information of a GPT is not necessarily recognized. So if it's using your information... That would be a thing. But I I think it's more important to not miss the headline. The headline here is that Sam Altman has an agenda, and he wants to run you the way he runs OpenAI. So Gregor, if you can port in, and if you can open your mic, can you tell me why that might not be a good idea? Because I heard you have some objections to it.
2: Well, let's see here. Sam Altman. He, oh, I'm, Am I coming across okay?
1: Oh, you're doing great. Okay. Sam Altman, interesting man. Been around in the tech industry forever. He uh, joined up with Elon Musk to create OpenAI as a free open source AI that people would
3: be able to use to defend themselves, which you now have to pay $10 a month for. <laughs> uh, he also is a great big advocate of... Um, Global governance. Uh, if you
2: heard his his,
1: his oh his, oh what what type of global governance, team? Gregor? What what, what well, he, he actually thinks that this board that they're talking
2: about creating should be done by the UN. He stated. Oh oh, the World
1: Co- Economic Co- Forum proxy. Go yes. ahead.
2: And and so he you know he wants to uh, have that happen, and he's a firm believer that you shouldn't really have to work; you should have universal basic income. All of these point to one thing
3: where we have to have a global socialist or communist system in order
2: for it to function.
1: Well, what makes him a socialist or a communist, Gregor? I mean, I'm not sure I can confirm that. Tell, tell us why. Well,
2: well, because whenever the government is, is giving you everything, or nothing in this case, um, whenever the government is actually supplying everything for you and telling you what do you have to do in order to get the benefits... That is a form of communism. That's how communism was envisioned. Not so, that, you'd be free because you, your work would be paid for free and you'd have to, you, you wouldn't have to do anything except for what this little bit of organization that the government requires you to do, which ended up starving 100 million people over the last century.
1: Right, and anybody who dissents should be cut off at the knees and, and their life should be extinguished. And so should their families.
2: Absolutely, and communism would work perfectly if we just got the right person in charge. I don't know if Sam Altman thinks he should be the right person, but that has always been the argument that, you know, it hasn't worked yet because the right person wasn't in charge. Just as or Stalin. Oh,
1: my God. um, Well, I uh, guess guess he's got a team of really helpful, useful idiots working for him in the press who are just, you know, they did everything to put him out there and, and really, you know, campaign him saying like Sam Altman's the guy. Sam Altman's the guy. He's doing AI. He's doing AI, people. Meanwhile, we have substantive government platformer approaches that are that are that are really happening, that really happened and got zero coverage by the same networks. Same networks. I'm going to pull up this uh I'm going to pull up this this stuff here from Rand Paul. Is here so Rand Paul we're gonna we're gonna go to the artificial intelligence and government committee hearing that was at the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs this was a legit hearing it did happen got no coverage okay so what's the time on that Gregor 12 13 what's the time on it
3: 1630
1: 1630 so we're gonna we're gonna go there We start at 1617 and this is uh senator peters uh, the chairman look
4: forward to a a fruitful
0: discussion and a discussion that will likely continue
4: well beyond
2: this hearing and uh be uh, uh, engaging uh, for the foreseeable uh, future i would now like to recognize uh, ranking member paul for uh, his opening statement
0: before we hear from our witnesses ranking member paul in 1975, the late Senator Frank Church said, The United States government has perfected a technological capability that enables us to monitor messages that go through the air. That capability at any time could be turned around on the American people, and no American would have any privacy left. Such is the capability to monitor everything. There would be no place to hide. These words came as Senator Church led the Senate Select Committee. To study governmental operations with respect to intelligence activities, better known as the Church Committee. The Church Committee's 1976 final report exposed numerous secret federal programs that violated the constitutional rights of American citizens. It deemed these threats, uh, it deemed to be threats to existing social and political order. These programs surveilled and uh, targeted individuals like Martin Luther King Jr. and domestic organizations like the Southern Christian Leadership Conference as well as infiltrated movements to incite rivalries and discredit leaders. Nearly 50 years later, Senator Church's ominous warning that the government could weaponize technology against the American people reads more like a premonition. There is truly becoming no place to hide. In recent decades, journalists and whistleblowers exposed the examples of our government leveraging emerging technologies to violate the privacy and civil liberties of its citizens. Intelligence agencies conducted surveillance of video game users collecting data on the contents of communications between players. The Department of Homeland Security tracked the locations of individuals and groups participating in the Black Lives Matter movement. The Drug Enforcement uh, Administration conducted covert surveillance of people protesting the death of George Floyd. And it's only getting worse. Just last month, the ACLU acknowledged The Biden administration has been quietly deploying and expanding programs that surveil what people say on social media using tools that allows agents and analysts to visibly monitor the vast amount of protected speech that occurs online and how are they doing it using artificial intelligence for years federal agencies including the department of homeland security state department National Science Foundation and FBI have been colluding with private organizations and social media companies to combat what they deem to be disinformation. Jacob Siegel in Tablet wrote, disinformation is both the name of the crime and the means to covering it up, a weapon that doubles as a disguise. I think that's an apt way of looking at disinformation. It's a tool for those who want to limit speech, but it also doubles as a disguise and a means of covering up what they're actually trying to do. The purpose, so they claimed, was to combat foreign malign influence. But in reality, the government wasn't suppressing foreign misinformation or disinformation. It was working to censor domestic speech by Americans. Since 2020, the federal government has awarded over 500 contracts and grants related to misinformation or disinformation. George Orwell would be proud. While the grant awardees and their proprietary AI and machine learning technologies differ, their goals are consistent. To mine the internet, identify conversations indicative of harmful narratives, track those threats and develop countermeasures before messages go viral. One National Science Foundation funded company's mission statement claims that social media is being manipulated and ideas are being spread uncontrollably online. The solution it provides? An automatic controversy detection algorithm to help identify things that are potentially opinion shifting in order to make communication more productive and less dangerous. In other words, censorship. During the COVID-19 pandemic, we witnessed accelerated use of artificial intelligence technologies to monitor and suppress public debate on issues like natural immunity, masks, and the origin of the virus. Multiple federal agencies, including DOD and the State Department, funded automated disinformation detection technologies designed to monitor and suppress public debate on issues like vaccine and the origins of COVID-19. Writer Jacob Siegel, in a fantastic yet haunting narrative explaining the last decade of U.S. government domestic censorship efforts, said, disinformation now and for all time is whatever they say it is. That is not a sign that the concept is being misused or corrupted. It is the precise functioning of a totalitarian system. Make no mistake, the United States is engaging in the same activities we criticize other countries for. But unlike China and North Korea, the United States government attempts to conceal its involvement using private entities as front companies to do their dirty work. But make no mistake, the intent is the same. Control the narrative. Eliminate dissent and retain power. This should terrify all Americans. The government is using your hard-earned tax dollars to surveil and censor your protected speech. Artificial intelligence is only going to make it easier for the government to do this and harder to detect. This should not be a partisan issue. We must get to the bottom of how the federal government uses artificial intelligence to violate the privacy and civil liberties of the American people before it's too late.
4: Thank you, Ranking Member Paul. It is the uh, practice of the Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee.
1: Okay, so that that was the end of that segment. Gregor, can you come back? Are you still with us? Please come back.
2: Yes, I was just trying to be quiet. so.
1: So, so it seems to me that there is dissent against the AI plan that is embraced and upheld as the standard, the new standard. The the cultivated standard of government that that isn't in law. You know, we, we have this this, you know, annoying thing called the Constitution with a First Amendment that guarantees our ability to say what we want freely without any kind of government intervention, and yet here we are fighting people like platformer, autocrat, technocrat, Mr. AI, Open AI, Sam Altman, uh, and his weirdo government plan in this uh, it, this bill to codify disinformation experts and behavioral codes that they can impose upon the public.
2: Yeah, and we're going to continue seeing that because as Ron Paul just pointed Rand Paul, man the poor guy' has got
1: to be sad about me calling him a <laughs> he has uh, great he has great hair. you're just making it curlier <laughs> yes.
2: And um, anyway um, and R- R- Rand Paul mentioned that you know the whole idea of, the, of of private or corporate entities doing the government's work I mean tell me that's not fascism by every definition oh it is in the world oh yeah. You know, and people keep telling us that the, the so-and-so is fascist, and such and such is fascist when they want to allow people to say what is okay or, or you know, just to say their opinion. Um, I, I it, it's, you know, it's, as, as typically, and, you know, all, all of the
0: uh, hearings I heard about
2: this week, the ones I sent, or the ones I sat in on virtually, um, It's the same thing. The left is accusing the right of doing what the left is currently doing. Changing definitions. Uh, AI is going to be either the most powerful tool in the world or the worst thing we ever developed. It's one of those things where it's not going to, you know, sort of like nuclear power or splitting the atom. Splitting the atom was the turning point where we learned how to destroy ourselves as well as to promote huge amounts of energy for a relatively inexpensive price once you pay yeah. For
1: it. Yeah, and you know what? It ended up being governed by the national security state in the end. And and, and we're going to unpack that. We're going to unpack that that pretty thoroughly in in the next half hour. Um, but this is a tale of two hearings, uh, and so I wanted to get at the psychological nut of what you were just saying, where uh, basically the left is casting the right for its own Crimes. Okay, and how they did that this week was we had another Homeland Security Committee hearing this week on left wing extremism. That was the name of the hearing. But during the hearing, every single solitary partisan actor on the committee, subcommittee for uh, oversight. Now, this is the accountability committee to bring federal action against legal misuse of government resources malfeasance and so every single solitary committee member who identified with the democratic party brought up instances of what right wing extremism during the left wing extremism hearing and i'm thinking this is a this is a a bald faced misuse of the people's time you're not looking at What's in front of you? You, refre- you refuse to see the actual crime that happened, okay? And this is unfortunate because it happened where? In Democratic districts where they run everything. That's where the crimes happen. Their constituents and most likely their own voters died at the hands of people who worked for Antifa. They were paid for. By leftist activist organizations, also known as anarchist organizations. But they don't care what name you put on it, as long as you crush people. As long as you hurt cops. And see, they... And what's really weird about this whole thing, Gregor, is because you, you are in the PNW. I left the PNW. Okay, this is kind of where their their think tankery is really coming from. You know, their whole communist U.S. enclave is driven by the policy underneath the layers there. They, they kind of give it a soft green light. And so what they did in their, their epic genius is they let the anarchists take over three city blocks during the pandemic. And then showed up with AK-47s, ignored, weapons of war for everybody else except Antifa, except their riot squads. So... You're
2: talking about the chop in Seattle.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so... People were charged to get in their own homes. Democrats were charged to get in their own homes. Okay? Democratic businesses burned. I have been through this. I have said it over and over again. These are Democrats that they threw under the bus. Their own people paying their taxes faithfully in their own districts. So.
2: Well, and both Seattle and Portland now are talking about funding the police, strangely enough.
1: And so I'm not sure what the point was. So I think that what they were doing in this Kabuki theater performance uh, was was lifting up Nazism as the the you know, as the gall, as, as, the, as the crushing oppressor of white supremacy. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you know that, that the, uh, the Nazis were socialists. They were essentially corporate socialists. So t- you can turn that finger right around and point it right at yourself. That's you. That's you. So how does corporate socialism work? Okay, well, you know, the, the amount of tech force that has been used against the American people is the perfect excuse for a segue. We're going to cut to, uh, to uh, Bellingcat. Now, Bellingcat is a case study in how the government uh, has both used technical force and AI and the national security state all together. Okay, and they used your money... To suppress your speech and censor things that you do by watching you. We're going to go to Glenn Greenwald. Okay, here we go. The question
4: that actually matters, from which people like Jake Tapper are trying to distract, is what is Bellingcat? It's Bellingcat, not Elon Musk, who has become a leading source of narrative influence by Western media outlets, including CNN. And so every time there's a controversy surrounding Bellingcat... You have people inside CNN and NBC doing what Jake Depper did here, which is rising to their defense and heaping praise on them as a quote great journalistic organization. Here is the Yale history professor who has become a leading resistance advocate. He uses his credentials as a Ivy League professor to essentially propagate democratic. Party prop, uh, talking points, he's a huge fan of U.S. foreign policy and the U.S. security state, a fanatical supporter of the U.S. proxy war in Ukraine. He made a lot of money writing books about how Donald Trump is the new Hitler, how he's the singular threat to everything sacred in our democracy. He's just like a resistance troll on Twitter who happens to be an Ivy <laughs> League professor at, uh, uh, of history. And here's Timothy Snyder. Unsurprisingly, as an ardent defender of the U.S. security state, and U.S. foreign policy, doing the same thing. "Quote: Bellingcat is a treasure trove of hugely important investigative journalism." Oh, yes. Now, one NBC uh, personality who has a eight o'clock show on MSNBC, Chris Hayes, decided that he wanted to refute the accusations about Bellingcat. Chris had been using his Twitter account to defend Bellingcat. And then in order to refute the accusations about Bellingcat, who did Chris Hayes bring on in order to discuss this? Did he bring on a critic of Bellingcat? Did he bring on somebody who has done investigative reporting about the U.S. government and European security state agencies that fund Bellingcat to ask the question, why would the leading propaganda arms of the U.S. government and EU security state agencies be funding a, quote, great journalistic outlet that has intrepid investigations and independent reporting, that's not who they go and try and fund. They obviously try and fund outlets that promote their agenda, that promote their foreign policy, and that's why every time Bellingcat needs defenders, the people who stand up and defend them Are the people who are the most loyal devotees of the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, the Justice Department, Homeland Security, the war in Ukraine, and European Security State agencies? Because that's exactly who funds Bellingcat as we're about to show you. So you would think if you're going to do a TV segment where you intend to or purport to refute what Elon Musk said about Belencat and the widespread criticisms about how they actually disseminate propaganda and don't do journalism at all you would at least speak to a critic of bellingcat or acknowledge the evidence about who funds them and how they function as a way to have a full and informed debate but of course that's not what people in corporate media ever do there is no dissent on nbc news You turn on NBC News or MSNBC or CNN and what you find is exactly the same thing all the time. Two people or three or four or five all violently nodding their heads in agreement with one another to the point that you worry they're actually going to get a neck (laughs) frame That's what these outlets exist to do. They are a closed system of propaganda. And the way you know that is they never have anybody on who disagrees with the view of the news corporation. So... If I wanted to do a Bellingcat segment and I had a guest on, I would try and have that guest be someone from Bellingcat or somebody who defends Bellingcat. That's not what they do. So, Chris Hayes, a virulent defender of Bellingcat, decided to invite on a Bellingcat operative to refute these claims. And never once was the funding of Bellingcat mentioned, nor the criticisms. Of Bell and, and the basis for those criticisms ever mentioned. Instead, they both joined together and scoffed at Bellingcat's critics in a segment, a part of which we're about to show you. I respond to the world's richest man and the owner of Twitter basically saying this is a fabricated psyop that you invented. I know just for... I've seen people asking the questions, so just to clarify, these two are not... Related biologically, uh, the spelling cooperative operative is not the nephew or the son of Chris Hayes. I understand why people have asked that question, but I want to just clarify that, to my knowledge, at least they have no biological relationship despite their virtually identical appearance. But here's how this segment went. So I want you to respond to the world's richest man and the owner of Twitter basically saying this is a fabricated psyop that you invented yeah well i mean obviously it's not i mean i like i didn't even find this first the texas police found it and then it got leaked to new york times and then i kind of put the clues together to find it he just you know didn't like that we posted it i guess but i mean you know musk is just getting garbage information because he's just entirely kind of flooded in this like far right um you know info space but you know um you know people from you know glenn greenwald and uh, (laughs) all all these types who are kind of. Putting this kind of stuff out there, so he's just getting you know garbage in, garbage out kind of how his thought process goes. I don't think he actually understands this all this well. So there was a lot of name calling there. There was a lot of <laughs> snickering, a lot of patronizing commentary. You know what? There wasn't any substantive engagement with the criticism. No. Any of the reporting that we've done, because they cannot confront that. They don't want their audience to know about that. That's why they don't have on a critic of Bellingcat or even mention the criticism themselves. I also will never stop finding it incredibly ironic that a TV host who never criticizes the U.S. security state except to beg them to do more on behalf of his party and an operative from a propaganda arm that is actually funded... But the U.S. security state and its propaganda arms and EU security aid state agencies are calling me someone who has been a career-long critic of those security state agencies, a far-right operative or a far-right voice. And of course, Chris Hayes lacks the courage. Chris Hayes has known me for 15 years to point that out, that that is a preposterous label. Now, I don't care about these labels, but. The point is if this is how they try and discredit people. They use these labels that they know are signifiers to their audience, that once they put that label on someone, you can just tune them out forever. You don't have to engage with their reporting. You don't have to gauge, engage in the substance of anything that they say. So it's just always bizarre to be called right wing by people whose mission in life appears to serve the CIA. Ser-
1: okay, so that's that's it the people who want to control the, the national security narrative or the foreign policy narrative, the people who are in charge of story streamlining, also known as propaganda, okay? Okay, they have, they have villain villainized. They have made you a villain. And all villains are right-wing white supremacists, okay? Anything you do anything you do is wrong. Everything you say is wrong. Everything you do is written off. No matter how true it is, no matter how right it is, no matter how, how well researched it is, it is in the garbage can because national security, foreign policy people don't like it. Okay? just And those are the people who were kinda sorta in charge during the national emergency. And if you don't like the way they run things, you better vote down Sam Altman for your AI because your life is going to be garbage, garbage, garbage. If you let him just walk into a government position because he he was a star hearing person, in the meantime there was this other substantive hearing that the press completely forgot about because they're busy carrying the water of the national security state. So I'm going to I'm going to keep going with this. Cause they're beating the drum. I'm gonna beat it. Oh, oh, they're gonna get it. Alright. So, this is the tale of two hearings. So part of this was was, you know, I don't agree with with Glenn Greenwald on every thing. And this week, uh, he brought up Montana's TikTok ban. And um I'm sort of okay with the ban. The reason why I'm sort of okay with the ban is because it's never okay for the Chinese to censor American people or, you know, whip around their information to use against them or conduct espionage, la, 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 la. Okay, so this is the debate. Montana's new TikTok ban, is it enforceable? Is there parity with Chinese relationship to U.S. platforms? Yes or no? I, I, think, I think there isn't. And uh, should U.S. national security state manufacture and administrate U.S. social media platforms? This is the framing around this debate. I don't think the national security state should be involved in our social media platforms at all. At all. But this is the framing for what, I, what the debate is. Now, Montana... Through the first punch, they banned it. Okay, the the first counter punch from the operating left, pa pow, pow, is we'll move to a VPN and keep using TikTok. Now that's that's their their choice. They can they can use the in California. They can just move their VPN to California and and use uh, the Chinese app. That's their that's their. They have no problem with China. Raping you for data. They do it every day. Every day for money, okay? They have no problem with children being trafficked over the border to be raped for money or to pick their lettuce and fruit and, you know, and slave away on their farms for no money. They have no problem with slavery, yet right-wing supremacists are guilty of all slavery. Just remember that. So they're just going to conveniently pin their crimes on white right-wing supremacists. Who are they? Everyone who is not them. Everyone who objects to the national security state narrative. Just remember. All right. So, Gregor, please come back. Please open your X-App right. is coming. <laughs> What's that? X-App is coming. Oh, okay. What's X-App? X-App
2: is a project by Elon Musk in order to replace something like WeChat or other Chinese-based systems. His plan is, according to an article, um, is the, according to this quote, let me verify that the link works because sometimes uh, Bing gives you fake links because AI has an imagination. Um, yeah, according to Znet, uh, ZDNet, Elon Musk's SNAP, the Everything app, and here's what you need to know, supposed to be Within three to five years, he's planning on having this app. He hasn't quite decided whether it's just going to integrate into Twitter or if it's going to be a separate app. But I know he's pushing with Tucker Carlson having video being uh, you know a big part of Twitter in the future, which okay. is part of what um, you know part of what uh, TikTok is, except for more than thirty seconds. Bites.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thrown a little bit by this curveball of, of him hiring a WEF exec, Zacharino, I think her, her name is, to yes, to run the platform. That is scary.
2: That is scary. I, I'm with you 100% on uh, that because of uh, Zacharino's uh, relation to the World Economic Forum, as you called it.
1: Yeah, she was, she's executive. Um, I thought she was vice executive. No, executive. Executive. Yeah. Like right underneath Klaus.
2: And considered by some a conservative figure, that went out.
1: Did uh, hey, Gregor? Can you can you come back?
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I have airplanes in the background because I have an airplane in my
1: neighbor. So okay, well, I've got I've got trains line. in my in my background, so planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, so about this TikTok ban. Um, so there's for the ban. So the people are in favor of the ban that say that China claims ownership of the data that runs through their IPs and everything that's owned by their IP. China compels the espionage of its citizens and party members. Okay, banning the app would set a standard against Chinese manipulated IP domestically. And um okay, against the ban, it says it's US censorship of attack platform in America, and American voices will be censored. Okay. Plus, the NSA owns you anyway, so let China do it too. China will throw a tantrum and threaten all business lines of data on the BRICS exchange and interrupt the data-to-money exchange as a fury sanction. They will punish us if we cut off TikTok. Okay? So, I'm thinking... I don't care. Well, the reason why they don't care is because the national security state has investors or investment firms, and one of them is in Qtel. InQtel, one of the ways that they've been able to do platform stakeholder activism is because they have invested heavily in social media platforms like Facebook. Facebook is a, a classic case example of a platform that's virtually owned by the CIA, okay, through InQtel. So InQtel is a shareholder and they get money from China, okay? Facebook also gets money from China, okay? So, the U.S. national security state is profiting from who, Gregor? From China.
3: China. It's China. It's
1: a China virus. It's China's, China's fault for enabling it, and it's China who's benefiting, and it's China who is saying, I will turn off the tap of money to the CIA if And throw a massive international tantrum where your business lines of making data, not their data, your data, taking, because they've got us coming and going. The CIA or the, the, you know, these national security platforms who've wedged themselves in there as stakeholders to control the flow of information and to control all the, uh, all the vectors of, Communication, psychological operations, propaganda, you know, all of those things that have been happening, uh, they have done by manipulating stakeholder investment activity. And that's InQtel. And InQtel profits from China. They're not going to stop the money from coming back to profit this, the security state. The security state is profiting off of US censorship. This is illegal. It is beyond immoral and it has been addressed in a whack-a-mole type way from the Congress. But this, cutting off the investor state and making, and making these people in the national security state able to profit from China is something that I wrote about in my book, Privacy is a Spider, the second, second volume, or the second, second leg. Um... We'll call it an ebook because it hasn't been allowed out. So if there's one reason for for my tome to be, you know, cut off or for PayPal to not pay for my stuff or to to, to cut me off, that would be it. Is because I added the fact that that NQTEL is an investor that benefits from China and China is is basically paid to data rape us. And and the National Security State is doing the same thing and so they're gonna they're going to argue this batshit argument. The NSA owns you anyway, so let China do it. So here's the wild card that, that comes from that type of reasoning. Okay, Do a knockoff of TikTok and establish a U.S.-based copycat explicitly run by the National Security State so they can be satisfied. Uh, to, uni- by, to satisfy the universal platformer safety fascists like Sam Altman just like facebook and then then the national security council may compel a move to legally dissolve user contracts on all american accounts based on whatever national security but never sovereignty i, I don't think they're going to go for a sovereignty argument because that that would that would kill their trade so and if well, you don't like it don't people what was that Craig regger
2: we can't have a sovereignty among the people that would be dangerous because <laughs> that would invade their safe spaces. I mean this is all related this whole safe space woke thing is and control of yeah. speech.
1: Yeah, I mean cuz China's China's laundering policy through the th- through the national security state otherwise I'll cut their money. Now you figured it out. The national security state has been covertly corporate captured because of their investments and their money Their subterranean train of cash will be cut. So my thought here is that they don't need that cash anyway. So basically decoupling with China is the right thing to do because it would starve the corrupt to death in our deep state. I say let it happen. What do you say, Gregor? I think that, you know, Thanks to uh, President Nixon
2: and our relationship with China and the encouragement of the Clinton administration in order to make sure we moved all of our manufacturing to cheaper locations because of what China does with their population is exactly why we are here. Now, what I think corporate the corporations don't understand is that all that money they have invested over there is not theirs.
1: Nope. Once they invest it, it's gone. They'll never, ever get it back. There's no way to get it back.
2: And because of that, they've given control. It, it, they put their golden handcuffs on and said thank you very much to the, Ch- you know, to the uh, Chinese Communist Party.
1: Well, they, they they just, you know, and they expect everyone to go along with that. And so this kind of catch-22 aggression, this passive aggression that you're getting from your own people that doesn't make any sense, is, the, is, is those... Um, Are those golden handcuffs. And I saw it every day. In fact, I saw it from the Perkins Coey woman. That decided to pull me over and say, you know, you're a sellout just like everybody else. I'm like, where are you coming from? I don't do what you do. I'm not a sellout. But she was projecting, you know, that, that, you know, we should all just sell out and, and be a part of the, you know, the privacy slash, you know, data compensation plan where everybody makes money off of you except you. And I'm like I'm not on the plan, girl. You know, I'm trying to stay out of it and that's the whole reason why we're sitting together drinking your beer on a Saturday afternoon, but you had to do it covertly by manipulating my spouse. Anyways, let's move along. Anyways, so Marjorie there
2: I didn't know about. So nice.
1: <laughs> you were there when I, when I outed it. Remember the Perkins Coie woman? That I talked about about a month ago. Yeah,
2: but I didn't realize you actually had a beer with her, so...
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it all fell together. Uh, one or two beers in and it just came all tumbling out. So, um, okay, Vladdy would like to talk. Uh, I got to talk today, Vladdy, so I think as a, as a casual reward, I'm going to let you speak. How's everyone doing? Oh, my God. Hi, Bloody, Thanks for joining the Unsanctioned Citizen through... AI yeah. show.
5: Uh, I, I was uh, originally with you at the other podcast, and I wasn't sure you were coming back. And uh, I was thinking, oh man, the AI's got to her. <laughs> the AI's got to her. They're just blocking her.
1: Well, you I mean, know? they cut my show. They moved my show, so I couldn't do. Um, I couldn't do my show from the unsanctioned citizen. I couldn't choose it today. It was obstructed. So the only show that was allowed. Was my other show the that AI show? Yeah,
5: I guess you're gonna have to change your game, believe it or not, because you know they're obviously against you.
1: And well, it, I'm against we, them, so. so. Guys,
5: <laughs> I know, I know. Of course, uh, the fe- feeling is also future. We have to be as conservative and as Christian But I was gonna. Oh no no
1: no no no! You are a <clears throat> you are a white supremacist. What? And a exactly,
5: right, asshole, right, in, homophobe, misogynist. yeah. I hate the world. I hate the transgender. I hate everything that's oh, right? right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I'm Christian. That alone disqualifies. I'm a Christian nationalist. Um, I don't know where they get the white, the white supremacy.
1: But yeah. I don't, okay, I'm it, it doesn't matter anymore. You can be a Chicano <laughs> from the border for your whole life. You will, yeah. and, and brown as hell, browner. Browner than some black people. Okay? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, if he told you, if that is that woman from L.A.
5: Times told, uh, wrote an article on, on Larry Elder and called him the black face of white supremacy, I guess I must be the brown face of white
1: supremacy. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Anybody who God, doesn't agree with allowing the security state to have their Chinese money... You are a white supremacist, a and white you're supremacist. off the reservation, man. Yeah, I'm a colonialist. I'm All right. a white oh, yeah, supremacist, yeah, yeah. masters, and I have
5: the same thinking. If I do not want to change and, and and abide by their rules, and I'm a resistance,
1: and I'm a white supremacist, <laughs> I never thought I belonged to the Klan. Oh, I oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna pull this up. <laughs> yeah, let me let me pull this up. Okay, this is Representative Goldman from the from the hearing this week. You're trying to gaslight us! Representative Goldman erupts at GOP's left-wing violence hearing. There he is. He's kind of like the uh, the inversion of Tucker Carlson. Uh, Representative Dan Goldman of New York on Tuesday slammed a former top de- Department of Homeland Security official I don't know why this happened. I watched it. for downplaying the dem- domestic terror threat of white supremacists while overstating the threat posed by organized groups on the left. Okay, this first sentence is editorial. And this is a story by Gideon Rubin for Raw Story. Okay? That frame, he slammed for overstating a threat posed by organized groups on the left. It is a hearing on left-wing violence. Goldman took aim at Scott Erickson, former deputy chief of staff at U.S. Department of Homeland Security during a a committee on Homeland Security subcommittee on oversight, investigations, and accountability hearing, mostly peaceful, countering left-wing organized violence. Julio Rosas, also Marine, Latino, was at all of these protests, was present He was treated with remarkable respect Remarkable respect Okay, so Erickson During his opening remarks cited left-wing groups As an Antifa As a domestic terror threat So look at what our actual executive branch Agencies in charge of overseeing White supremacy Overseeing the homeland Let's look at the homeland threat assessment Which says DVE, domestic violent extremists Racially and ethnically Motivated violent extremists Specifically, white Will remain the most persistent and lethal threat in the homeland Okay Now, I know all of a sudden you on the side that wanted to fund the FBI You wanted to fund the ATF But the director of the FBI, a Trump appointee Whom they kept, he's like the only one they kept And he's done such, such a fantastic job that, that whistleblowers went up before the committee hearing this week Oh, my God. That's a total sidebar thing that we didn't get to talk about. That and the uh, Texas privacy law that will probably be passing so that you will have a civil private right of action to sue the shit out of national security platformers slash Chinese beneficiaries slash uh, Sam Altman when he fucks up. Okay, then. Sorry. What
2: um, <clears throat> the uh, Texas house? Um. Text-
1: oh, Mary wants- what? Oh, Mary wants to talk. Let's let's bring her up. Hello. Hi, Hi. Mary. Um, welcome to the program. Hi. Have you spoken here before? No. Never. Okay. So tell us a little oh, bit about uh, about you and 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 what brings you to the show today.
6: Well, I live in Chicago, and um, I'm older. <laughs> I'm 65, and. In the last, like, several years, I've woken up to a lot of alarming things, and I am basically listen to independent media only now. Oh. I stopped listening to CNN and that kind of thing many years ago, and um, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I cannot believe what's happening. I was listening to... I... I have a lot of Substack subscriptions, well, several, but I mostly like enjoy Matt Taibbi, and he does a Friday thing. I don't know if you know with. Walter oh
1: yeah, Kern. we've we've aired so. cuts of him every almost every week. Um, we things have been kind of clogged or bogged down. He did a great one uh, with Walter Kern this week. Yeah. If if you haven't subscribed to his Substack, please go do it. Um, oh no, I do. Yeah, don't don't it's miss out on Matt Taibbi. I'm just do. telling the rest of the listeners, don't miss out on Matt Taibbi. Uh, he's really roasting the the uh, the Russian narrative because he got tossed on his on his duff by Rolling Stone, I, I think, pretty unfairly too, because he was trying to find actual sourcing for some of the claims and they weren't interested. So go ahead, Mary.
6: No, no, um, and. I've been listening to, well, I think, honestly, I think where my journey began was with Snowden. Yeah. And um, Glenn Greenwald. And when, I I mean, I realized, you know, Snowden was basically doing America a favor. He was basically risking, and his whole world, he just threw it up in the air and said, I'm going to do this, but he did it right. He found a journalist in Glenn Greenwald that he knew had, the right kind of morals to, you know, the right kind of, uh, what am I trying to say, you know, um,
1: chutzpah, ethics. He, had, he had the yeah, chutzpah. chutzpah,
6: right, and um, so that, I think, led me probably somewhere, Glenn mentioned Matt Taibbi, then I started reading his books like Riftopia and Hate Inc. and just other ones, and then, you know, just to start discovering more and more independent media. But, I mean, it's like, I'm glad you listen and, you know, read Matt Taibbi and Racket News and stuff. And so, you know, and we all know this, the, these facts, but it's like Matt and Walter are saying, like, we can't believe how out of hand this is. Like, at least, like, with the Red Scare, you know, it was kind of like one kind of nutty you know mccarthy where he was like you know and it it got completely out of hand but it seemed like at some point they woke up but now they're not shamed these people have no shame when they get caught with what they've done i i guess it came out that there were hundreds of fbi agents at january 6th but i think if you looked at january 6th from basics you could see that the thing was a setup they were letting those people in the doors. They had called off a lot of the, you know, um, Capitol police or the security. They didn't bother. They had set this thing up so much, and then they go after these people in like a Stalinist show trial thing where they have like television producers, you know, doing this whole January sixth parade.
1: But yeah. I mean, they were perp I mean, walking. Some things I can say. Like, yeah. I, It was unbelievable that the the news is part of it. The news is part of it. It's incredible. It's incredible.
6: I know. It's all, it's like all, uh, you know, coordinated together. They're the propagandists that sell the stories that these people just completely want to believe. And so they do believe. And when the facts come out that go against that, they just become angry. It's like when your team loses or something ridiculous. But what they don't understand is you're supposed to be on Team America. You're supposed to care about the country, but you are busy, you know, in your big excuses. But Trump, but Trump—they're
1: useful idiots. (laughs) I mean, and and, and and I—I'm not. I didn't vote for Trump both times, and it doesn't. It does not matter. Now I am in a column, a fifth column of people. Uh, you know, just like anybody else who's a dissenter, I'm in a fifth column of people who are like, I'm a racist, white supremacist, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm like, how the hell did I get here? I mean, I was, I, no matter how careful you are, you know, if you run into some of these, these people, you are condemned collectively. They believe it is a romance, they are in bed, it is hot. Because they're getting paid, Mary. They're getting paid money. Okay, it is hot, and the, that hotness comes from from the cash that is coming from the federal government, and it's being laundered through China. China is paying them through data. They're just getting. It's just like a big little ring. Okay, Biden, same thing. He got his money from China, and you know they just want to keep it going. Yeah. It is a cold war against you. Okay, and I I'm I'm saying it because it's well, true. It's- well, it,
6: it's a cold war against really all of America. Any, free, but they, but a good, uh, a good chunk don't really think it involves them. They don't think that they're being. But I mean, if the, this you is aggression. Think that the Patriot Act. If you don't think the Patriot Act and this latest thing that has been part of the Patriot Act, this Patriot Act, is seven hundred two, that they're trying to re.
3: Oh yeah.
1: Let's go there. Let's go yeah. there right now. Uh, let's see here. Okay. I, I've got I've got the news right here. So in case anybody didn't know, uh, we're gonna kick back to this. Uh, the other he- the FBI has been all over the headlines this week. FBI says former agent was arrested over January six, called officers Nazis and encouraged mob to kill him. There was also a an ex- I mean just an expository hearing where FBI whistleblowers came forward and and described exactly how their life was completely ended. Okay, in addition to that, we have the FBI that searched January 6th rioters and George Floyd demonstrators on both sides. Did not matter, and the FBI has been doing this for years. Agency used foreign spying law, FISA 702, to gather intelligence on what one lawmaker calls a shocking abuse. It's always shocking. So Washington, the Federal Bureau of Investigation improperly searched a trove of intelligence gathered on foreign spying law for of information on people suspected of participating in the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol and the George Floyd protest. This is the Wall Street Journal. Um, a court opinion released Friday showed, despite a lack of evidence, the FBI performed more than a dozen searches of raw foreign intelligence data related to people believed to be involved in the Capitol riot to hunt for foreign ties. The court said separately three January 6th searches were conducted that used more than 23,000 search terms, such as an email account to look for evidence for a foreign influence in relation to an unidentified group involved in the riot. The justice department later determined that there was insufficient factual support for the searches. FBI analysts also searched for information related to 133 people arrested in the aftermath of the protest, prompted by the killing of Floyd, a black man who died pleading for his life while a white Minneapolis officer knelt on his neck for more than nine minutes. So, during redactions, sorry, due to redactions in the opinion, it wasn't clear whether the searches related to individuals protesting racism and police brutality or to counter-protesters. The senior FBI official declined to clarify, for Minneapolis, and I don't think it matters, warrant. Who was, was there a crime? Who, who was a foreign official that they were looking for? Nobody. This is all domestic. Four Minneapolis police officers have been convicted of crimes in connection with Floyd's death, including Derek and Blah blah blah. So, in a separate incident, the bureau ran identifying terms of 19,000 Americans to an unnamed congressional campaign through the. So this is this is pure baldface election and political profiling. Through the foreign intelligence database, an official said the search involved a congressional candidate and not a current member of the Congress. By later review, Justice Department lawyers concluded only eight of the thousand ter- thousands thousands of terms had a plausible connection to a foreign government activity. So I'm gonna I'm gonna close it there. Mary, Gregor. Yes? Yeah. Well, what say you?
6: Well, I, I my concern is is that we can't have any fair elections anymore. My concern is that... You're worried about that. Yeah, I'm worried that... I mean, I live in Chicago. We haven't had fair elections in forever. But I'm worried about, you know... The Are you worried about
1: democracy? To... Actual democracy? Not this other type of democracy? <laughs>
6: <laughs> yes. They seem to have lost the idea of what democracy is, which I love the way Matt Taibbi and Walter Karnab- talk about that it's just such hypocrisy but no it is so important that people not not that that people have a choice like my sister i i have a couple sisters and they both like think trump is like the devil himself and they you know voted for biden and it's like okay but you know when i try to talk to them and my sister my one sister will say well it's our own fault and i said do you realize that they don't let anybody who runs say exact against diane feinstein when she ran last time when she was
1: hello mary are you still with us mary's uh mary's mic is gone from where i can gregor can you can you hear mary
2: no it sounds like it sounds like her mic's gone i don't know why okay Uh, it sounds static but in commenting along mary's lines um Election fairness. Give her a second to come back and see if you know maybe she does. Okay, but, I'm gonna, I'm gonna,
1: Mary, uh, if you can hear me, I'm, I'm just gonna temporarily remove you from the queue. It's not you were not being cut um, or muted at all. Uh, we did not do that, and, and you're invited to come back and talk to us at any time. Uh, so, so come back in the queue and we'll let you speak again. But we've had microphone interference on, on the program. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take uh, Blotty next. See how it goes.
2: And while Vladi's warming up, I want to talk about Dr. fellow by the name of Dr. Robert Epstein. People
1: don't oh, hang, hang know on, Vladi. I'm gonna. I'm just going to force you to right now. And go ahead. Go ahead, Gregor. Um, you know, Robert
2: Epstein uh, is a researcher, uh, a, a devout Democrat, who has for the last three elections been researching
3: how Google influences our elections. Oh. And he's proven that google uses manipulative search
2: indices in order to uh, he's out of the he is at a harvard uh, trained research psychologist and he's proven how google uses data manipulation to sway elections as much as five or six points which is what elections are decided by anymore and the reason i brought this up now is because when you think about the dangers of ai um, you know, if people start using AI, and I use it extensively because I'm trying to figure out how it works, mm. but if I start believing every single thing it says, like, without verification,
0: it's going to shove me to the left. It's going to work really hard at doing that because it's
2: only mm. going to produce data and information that promotes that view, and I'll, you know, eventually you become to the point, well, that has to be right because that's all I'm finding. Google has been doing the same thing for more than a decade, and... Um, You know, we we, they have absolute proof with thousands of people researching, doing the research, Mm -hmm. doing Google searches during the election, and you know screenshots and all that stuff proving that the sway is way too far to the left. And one of the big things we saw was the Hunter Biden laptop, where the news media and Google and everybody came up with all kinds of information, all of which was proof,
1: all of the falsehoods that it was not true.
3: Right? Make sense? Right. Double negative. Right, um,
2: But, you know, it, they found out now that everything about that was true. You know, there's uh, research indicating from the, I, the Blaze, I just uh, read an article there, they found over 170 crimes or they have enough evidence to convict Hunter Biden, and yet he's not been charged with
1: anything. Uh, um, Gregor, I just need, Gregor, Gregor, let me interrupt. Um, if anybody is having trouble technically staying in the room, uh, if you could document that in the chat, like if you get automatically purged or kicked out against your will, like you were just sitting there minding your own business and you get kicked out, um, you know, I, I want you to put that in the chat if you can um, or, or send me a show note because I'm sending all of this in an audit report to to Colin because my show has been a target for many weeks and uh, this this is untenable. Go ahead. Well, and that was pretty much
2: done anyway. But I mean, the fact of the matter is that AI is only going to make this data manipulation and this, this worldview manipulation worse. I'm not saying we should restrict it. I'm saying we have to figure out a way to use it intelligently. And therein lies the big challenge. Hey, Vlad, how you doing, buddy?
1: Well, I, I just wanted to, m- to mention, so or get some clarification, Gregor. Um, so you're saying don't eliminate AI because AI is is here. It's here, kind of here to stay, but it, there definitely needs to be stiff limits on the way it's administrated to, to, uh, to, to cut Americans off.
2: Well, and, and therein lies the danger. If we, if we look at these panels that they're discussing, they're talking about making sure that you only get certain data It's going to skew this way or that way. It already is because of the individuals that program it. Hence, my original hope for open AI was that it would become open source. Various people would, you know, be able to tweak it and do things with it to open it up in various different directions. Um, You know, there was a long-form interview with uh, Jordan Peterson and another fellow who I forgot the name about, big on the whole idea of the psychology of AI, um, only because language is such a psychological thing. And they were talking about how much influence this would have. And the idea that maybe the better, best defense against AI is for everybody to have a personal AI that they can tweak and, and um, teach to be the best servant to them individually, and thereby protecting them from unwanted or un—you
1: know—well, uh, I mean, like, that's you know, that's protection. if people that's if people understand AI. That that's contingent a lot, Gregor. That's a that's a highly experimental thought form in order to call call forth. What this is the people who are manipulating AI governance right now are is the national security state and And they're getting coaching from the CCP. So I'm going to point to Skype Skype calls to China Skype calls to China cannot connect as CCP tightens control Weak connection is thought to be deliberate blocking by CCP users of Microsoft internet telephone and messaging service Skype are reporting that they cannot connect to Chinese mobile phones and landlines. Skype's Chinese operator has said that the connection difficulties stem from technical problems, while Microsoft said Wednesday it is working to fix the issue. However, a China and technology expert says the CCP, or the Chinese Communist Party, may be blocking the international calls for the regime's political security. Political security. The topic Skype can't connect calls to the Chinese mobile phones has attracted wide attention online since the beginning of the month. And many overseas Chinese Skype users uh, use Skype to communicate with relatives in China. In an online forum, one user posted, I'm in the United States and I use the Skype app to call my friend's mobile phone in mainland China. Since last week, it hasn't been working. Every time it rings twice and then gets disconnected with an automatic voice that your connection is too weak. Uh, I search and, and I'm not the only one. I guess China's firewall has been upgraded again. Um, so, basically, China can balkanize, but nobody ever calls, calls it balkanization. Nobody ever calls China on their censorship of other nations. Nobody ever calls them out. When I say nobody, I mean... Not me. And it's not the establishment profiting from platformer politics and platformer uh, bricks exchanges of data and data surveillance. It's not those people. Uh, But the people using these applications and, and being shuttled in saying, no, no, rely on our platforms. They're pure. They're good. These are platforms that are good for you. Did you know that there are ads on television now? Like, class action lawsuit ambulance chasers who are saying, if you have been maligned by an online platform, please call this number, blah, 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 blah. That's happening now. Because laws in Virginia were passed uh, that you could have private right of action. You know, if you are damaged and your child is damaged by a platform... You may sue the, the doo-doo out of them. I'm going to take Blotty. Blotty, you with us? The,
5: the, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm with you
1: guys. Can you hear me? Oh, I, I'm um, with you. Okay. No, what I'm going to tell you is you do know now that Colin now belongs to Rumble, right? Oh, yeah. That's that's a benefit.
5: Yeah. So it's going to be strictly exactly by their rules, which is good. We don't have to worry about the left trying to silence us, and, and, you know, we're welcome to the Rubble family. I just want to see more uh, of an announcement, and more people, we're going to start getting a shitload of people. like that. <laughs> But like I said, a uh, uh, call has been for everyone, so I hope it's, uh, they don't come with the idea that, you know, they're going to be limited, uh, like in Twitter before, it was owned by Musk, and, you know, Facebook, and and uh, other platforms that do the same, too, you know limit a uh, posy speech to the left. So, I just thought, you know, to inform you guys, but now that you guys know, and Gregor, I'm assuming he knows too, pretty sure, usually well-rounded in information. So oh, yeah. You know, so I'm happy to hear that. Anyway, guys, I hope to see you soon, and thank you for uh, sh- sharing with us vital information. Some of it is laughable, but, you know, on the left, everything's laughable usually. <laughs> um, so, have a great... Weekend and be careful, otherwise
1: I'll put you down as ghouls. <laughs> the modern day ghouls. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll suddenly I'll wake up tomorrow and I will. I will not only be a a white nationalist, white supremacist, but I'll also be uh, an evil globalist. You know, or or something I'm gonna become like the dartboard crucifix for every every damned thing that there is in the universe. They need Jesus Christ, dude, because they need someone to pin their sins on. And I'm like, go to Christ. Put it there. The new Minister of
5: Propaganda <laughs> The Minister of Truth fails, so they gotta have a Minister of
1: Propaganda. <laughs> you know, yeah. Go go pin it on Jesus Christ. He already took your sins. (laughs) I'm not racist
2: because I'm a Viking by heritage and we enslaved everybody.
1: Oh, God. Oh, no, not good. (laughs) But, you know, the thing is, is that slavery is still against international law, Gregor. and, And they're so overlooking so many things. They're overlooking China's role in, in slavery right now. You cannot say boo about China's slavery and what they do in their factories. You know, it's because they're part of it, like the companies are part of it. So people don't, they just, the willful blindness for people who are seduced by money is so grossly um, overrepresented. And I think it's time for us to have that legal standard return where people, normal people, go to the police and they file crimes and they, they go to their representatives and they say, this crime happened, I'd like for you to do something about it. You know, are you on a judiciary committee? Here is evidence of a crime, I saw it, you know. <laughs> this is a crime and, and so one of the people who's actually doing a job is, is Marjorie Taylor Greene. She introduced an article of impeachment against Alejandro Mayorkas and her, her grounds were that he had a refusal to uphold the immigration laws and he gave the Mexican drug cartels and human traffickers and criminals and terrorists operational control of the border. All of those things are true. It's just that if I say them out loud, all of those things, every single one of those things are true. And if you were here, you would just watch it. You would just, just watch it across the, the river. You know, people floating across. You know, and then the people who are floated across have to go be slaves for a little while on someone's farm. And all the, all the money goes back to the, the cartels. So, I mean, it's just
2: deployed along the barter what i you know the, the, the texas national guard was deployed after the title 42 ended
1: oh right and there's positive news there that that they have stopped the surge in texas they have stopped it that is positive news texas. i heard it confirmed on local uh, local fox 7 last night you know and and mary and i are about the same age-ish
2: um and uh, one of the things I would encourage everybody to do with MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene and her impeachment articles is impress, even if you have a leftist congressperson who you don't think will follow up, impress upon them how important it is to follow up and make sure that they know that they want you to, because enough complaining actually moves to stone with any kind of amount of moss on it. So if they're just sitting there sucking up their time in Congress and you start pushing on them, all of a sudden they have to say, well, I'm getting a lot of volume, and they go by volume, whether it's loud on telephone or volume in mail, and I mean it's mail. <laughs> um, you know, send them a postcard. Buy a bunch of postcards from, your, from the post office that are prepaid where you can just write no on this, yes on that, and send it in. Um, because if they get a hard piece of mail... It's you know that is that is two votes for the internet you know that's it's just the way they count
1: things. So I believe in that. I believe in um, in in civic advocacy, civic self advocacy, and that's exactly what Gregor is talking about. We have a good system of representative government. Uh, use it or lose it, kids. Because if you don't, uh, there will shall be people speaking for you that aren't. They're operating outside the terms of the actual law and the structure of our government. And the structure of our government, you know, has a legal process that was approved of by the people for the people. But right now it's kind of, the boundaries are kind of melting according to prosecutorial discretion and this mutation of boundaries around um, uh, about... You know, through the DAs, but some of those DAs are scaling off. Uh, One of them was convicted before she even got into office. She just resigned. She just resigned because she uh, misused election funds. And I think that was in Chicago. Um, Let me go to... I have something for uh, Peter. I wanted to indicate... Because I see him down there in the audience. And I wanted to, to tell you about the health breach notification rule. And this is just kind of an incidental um, so the FTC proposed an amendment to strengthen and modernize the health bre- health breach notification rule and uh, the proposed changes would underscore the rules applicability to health apps and other evolving technologies. The Federal Trade Commission is seeking comment on proposed re- changes to health breach notification rules or HBNR that include ca- clarifying the rules applicability to health apps, and other similar technologies. Since the rules issuance, health apps, and other direct-to-consumer health technologies, such as fitness trackers, have become commonplace, I suggest... Uh hey, Peter, how's it going? I'm going to finish this, this uh, and then we'll we'll take a call. So, uh, yeah. So the, since the rules issuance, health app, and uh, other direct-to-consumer health technologies, such as fitness trackers, have become commonplace... Proposed changes to the rule come as business practices and tech developments increase both the amount of health data collected from consumers and the incentive for companies to use or disclose that sensitive data for marketing and other purposes. Quote, we are witnessing an explosion of health apps and connected devices, many of which aren't covered by HIPAA, collecting vast amounts of sensitive consumer health information. When this information is breached, It is more vital than ever that mobile health app developers and others covered by the HIPAA breach notification rule provide consumers and the FTC with timely notice about what happened, said Samuel Levine, director of FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. proposed amendments to the rule will allow it to keep up with marketplace trends and respond to developments and changes in technology. Hello, Peter. What say you?
7: Well, you know, like I said before, that uh, HIPAA, if HIPAA is that is that good, then how you can get
3: uh, a woman's uh, pregnancy information yeah. for the purpose of killing her for
7: abortion? So HIPAA is not that, uh, you know, is not treated as a sacred by by the courts. The courts knows HIPAA, you know, prevent anyone to leak a woman's uh, pregnancy information to any law enforcement.
3: Yeah, yeah.
7: They have, they have to pass a law saying a, 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 a fertilized egg is a person, has the personhood. Then
1: you can do all kinds of things, right? I, I call those I froyos, know. by the way. Frozen, okay. frozen, yeah. frozen embryos. Yeah. I call not, them froyos. <laughs> <So give> me, <laughs> to, listen, I'm not uh, advocating
7: for pink babies. I know like, Vila will be upset I'm just saying, under this law, Hipa, how you can enforce any abortion ban unless you make a, a <laughs> throwy person. Well, so that's the first thing. Now to address what you said okay. you know, I'm not. I think our government really is uh, crumbling because uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Henry David Thoreau. He said the 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 best government is the government who governs the least. You know, with all these laws passing law stuff i just think you know actually is bad for all of us you know enforce whatever the laws on the book and uh you know but you're correct about those mobile devices collecting personal information health information yeah information personal information is ubiquitous because we're in a different time now you know but really you know i personally do not think the government Solve any real problem, you know. There's some law, some law needed, like Hip God, know that, but but the, the more they pass laws, because I'm not, I'm going to talk about TikTok law tomorrow. You know, the more you pass law, you pass, it's more chaotic this country is going to be.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm um I'm of the opinion that this TikTok ban is just kind of a, a kind of what they call a litmus test. Cause I, I can't tell you there, there's so many things. I in fact I got I fought with uh, the reasoning the let me put it this way. Um Glenn Greenwald is against the TikTok ban because of censorship. Okay. But but he also lob lobbed these other terrible arguments that we should we should, you know, just kinda let the security state uh, administrate it because the NSA already owns you, kind of thing. So, I mean, he was kind of playing devil, devil's advocate. Devil's advocate, and the other thing that he brought up was um, the fact that that uh, that TikTok would be a a, um, a a point of conflict with China as a whole and that it would be um so that that was just one of them go ahead yeah
7: i I was uh uh, tomorrow i'm going to talk about uh it's called the the condom laws c-o-n-d-o-m the condom laws are made for one specific purposes and uh you know TikTok law will be one of the condom laws there's a tons of condom laws in the u.s history the laws are made for specific political purposes. And we uh, <laughs> regard to the TikTok ban. Uh, I think uh, Ron pa- Rand Paul now is out. to say he is not going to support the bill that's going to ban the TikTok.
5: <laughs>
1: okay. So, okay. That's interesting. And, no, uh, I mean, you know, there, there will be a reason, and and, and I, I'm eager to hear what the reason is because I think that this is uh, when a state Passes a law like this. It's it's a way to get the debate going. Yeah, well, yeah exactly.
7: But uh, I'm sorry, uh, go ahead and re- uh, Google Ramp and TikTok. It will show. I did not even read that much. It's because of this. My Sunday show has a theory. So using that theory, I can predict what's going to happen. Okay. Right? So, you know, using my theory, I know Texas will, will have this uh, law banning some Chinese... Not by land. And Wyoming can have some laws saying ban TikTok. All this kind of shit. Because uh, that's how how our democracy operates. We actually do not give people liberty by passing laws. We actually control, the government Control we the people by passing laws.
1: Well, I mean, uh, that's that's the limits. And the thing is is that you've got to get to the government and self-advocate before they, they pass a, uh, a law or a measure or a limitation upon the people, before they speak for you. And I have lost some of those battles. I can tell you that, you know, if you're active and you have a position and you, you need to get in there and self-advocate for the position, whatever it is, I, you got to work. Gonna, I'm going to agitate people because
7: I think of my Sunday show is always, you know, my show is all about agitating people, right? So actually the next target if I'm going to agitate is those who call themselves uh, libertarians. <laughs> like,
3: uh,
1: uh, uh,
7: Stephen Miller.
3: Too bad it's on Sunday.
1: Too bad it's on I Sunday. I Sorry, Sorry I Peter.
7: Don't, don't, I don't. I'm, I'm going to call in to, to say Stephen Miller. Show. Because I, I like Stephen Miller. I mean, I, I, I always enjoy a good conversation. I, I find like out he's a very fair-minded guy. <laughs> and yesterday, he banned someone, which I agree with him, uh, by the name of Lysol. And he said, this guy Lysol is uh, keep posting chats in the in in Stephen Miller's room. Uh, Stephen Miller invited him to speak. Uh, it's talking about I think uh, I forgot what it is. Uh, it's uh, it, oh, it's about transgender stuff. So so uh, and also about like violence against women. You know, just like a guy being creepy towards women. So uh, so Lysol did not accept the. Uh, Invitation, but keep on posting nasty shit against other people. And so Stephen Miller said, I give you the opportunity to debate. You did not show up and you just keep harassing my audiences. Therefore, I bang you. I agree with Stephen Miller, but however, I disagree with uh, Stephen Miller's point. Um, So I'm going to call him soon in his room. I already called in a little bit, just offer my. Uh, Okay.
3: Okay.
7: But now I'm going to come out and say, "Hey, Stephen Miller, I'm going to I'll, uh, debate with you. Say I will disagree with you." So, quick point is this: I know Greg is a, a libertarian.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're both libertarians. We're oh, both. So, oh,
7: okay. So, so I, I, you know, I, will, I, because uh, the other day I called the Stephen Miller show talking about Tucker Carlson uh, criticizing the FBI, and DOJ about the arrest, uh, the raid, and arrest and the indictment of. Uh, African Socialist Party's uh, chairman and his organization's house, uh, offices, and all that. And Tucker Carlson said this is a serious violation of the First Amendment rights. I agree with Tucker Carlson, but hilariously, nobody from Libertarian Party any shit. And this is why it relates to me because there's one leftist uh, q, uh, during the time there is a uh, rage against the war machine
3: rally uh, organized by I think two parties one of them is
7: a libertarian party and one of the commentators says libertarian party is a racist organization
1: oh uh, god i, I was not buying into that but but the, this, it, uh, peter peter the the, the 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 balloon payment on what racism is has greatly expanded with interest you follow me like, you don't even have to do or say anything racist. All you have to do is show up and speak to a person that they don't like, and you are all of a sudden, la-la, racist. Yes, uh, yeah, and here's the racist bill, and you're going to have to pay for racism now. What? Yeah.
7: I-, I hear you. I hear you. But what I'm trying to, but my, the point I want to make is that, because I, when I call Stephen Miller uh, asking about what does he, what's his thoughts on that, FBI raid and the uh, indictment of uh, of just being associated with uh, with some uh, Russians. And uh, Stephen Miller, he himself does not know, did not know. He said he's gonna look it up. I was like, this guy's arrest should have been like Edward uh, close to Edward Snowden's action. Basically, this is a clear infringement of free association rights. Yeah. And you will, you will help that the both the left and right could have unite. I think this must stop. You cannot say because this is uh, the DOJ's national security
1: division's website. Okay, I'm gonna explain stop. that briefly, Peter. Right now, the left is has been ideolo- ideologically captured and used, and is being used as a tool they're shuttling them as useful idiots operatives everywhere to do propaganda work for the national security state. So the left has been captured by the national security state and the foreign policy people UN us wait 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 UN USAID all of those folks okay they don't want the anti-war left, talking, speaking, advocating anti-war. They all want them on Ukraine. They all want them babbling the same propaganda and nodding their head. And if there is an anti-war left, they're being ignored. They're being pushed out. They're being pushed to the side. They're saying no to them. Giving them making them completely homeless. They're treating them like Matt Taibbi. Okay? All the civil libertarian left are being silenced. They are all on this network. And the free association with the anti-war right, libertarian right, there was a demanded wedge that was enforced by their stupid operating stupid operators to keep the division up and it's being driven by the national security state. So, they're controlling they're attempting to control the narrative around social media. They're attempting to control the algorithms so that the steerage is sure. So you keep these people away from these people. You don't get to see them. You follow them on your friend list. You never see them. Um, you know, And the list kind of goes on and on. So if you want an anti-war measure and you're an anti-war voice... You can't really necessarily see what's going on because the people who don't want you to talk to them are treating you like a six year old at a six year old's birthday party. They're calling your parental administrator and saying, This person cannot talk to this person. I don't want them at the party. Okay? And don't let them see each other. And that's not the way you have
7: is the more of at the uh, technical level, my focus is always on the big picture that I can see is that even the, the war right, they actually just, they are the ukrainian war. They won't get ready to have a war with China. That includes the Tucker Carlson, that probably includes the U, that probably includes all kinds of other so-called the libertarians and the other day again Stephen miller show because i'm going to challenge a little more he i think he knows what's coming okay he, he talks about immigration crisis i know greg talks great deal about immigration right and i think uh, you sheila is in texas so i proposed to Stephen miller i said when there is a border crisis into the u.s it means other countries or the people from other countries are not respecting the sovereignty of the united states i agree with donald trump by saying that we must have a border or we don't have a country okay but my question is this have the united states respect other people's of border and sovereignty
1: oh owen and sir i i applaud you, you. i so applaud you what I'm saying. I, I, told Miller, I said don't you
7: agree that all these migrants at our border is because we screw them loyally we never respect their border I mean you don't have to be as cons- don't call yourself a conservative or a liberal or libertarian if you admit we not only we organize assassination invasion colon revolution mm. all kinds of shit mm. including the kitchen sink to make their lives miserable we don't oh. respect
1: their quarantine Th- This this is not our idea. Like this is not a libertarian idea. But I'll tell you what: in every single party, this is this is not a libertarian idea. Uh, to 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 put um, extra national emphasis on managing other people's state, it's non. In- we have like more non-interference in other people's government. Planned, you know, kind of a live and let live type of government and that's non-interventionist and it is being called isolation. They are saying that non-interventionism in other countries affairs is the same as isolationism. It is not. And they also say that democracy is when we plan to for regime change of other countries and I'm not on board with that either. That's how that's that's how anarchism came to Libya.
7: I call on people from both left and right. If you're serious about solving the border crisis, you want other people to respect our border and our sovereignty, we must start. Get started. Get started, meaning, get started. Meaning, respect other damn nation's sovereignty. As far as I'm concerned, if a, a other country want to ban transgender, it's not because I don't care about trans person, I, I, I care about anyone. But I, it's not my fucking business. And I don't want them to come over here for no good reason, right? Right. But nobody from the left or right, either Trump or Biden, would admit that. Like I said, the so-called anti-war from the right, they just want to have a war with China. They cannot
1: wait. Oh, they're, they're chomping at the bit. And the thing is, is that I don't, here's the thing, Peter, is that aggressions from both sides are present right now. Now, what has bothered me about the narrative and the narration around these is that they're preparing a budget ahead of time, okay? By saying that there's already a war. But I think that what has been disincluded is this this problem. that The one that I uh, brought up today, which is that the national security state is a beneficiary of Chinese business. Okay? They, to technically decouple... And this is what I tell everybody who wants to start talking about Chinese war. How do you economically decouple from China? Because the first thing that's going to happen if this goes forward is that there will be a, a, a row of economic sanctions. They will jail U.S. citizens as uh, as leverage captures because this is what they do in communist countries when, we, when it goes hot. Okay, and then... Um, they start taking, they start stealing all the shit. You know, they start poisoning stuff. When things start going hot, they start doing legitimate hot things. Like, you know, and then they activate weapon cells all over the planet. That's what they do. That's war. It's not my plan. I don't want that to happen. They don't call me into the warm and say, hey, Sheila, what do you think we should do? No, no, that doesn't happen. But I'll tell you what I would tell them uh, If there was a hot conflict on the verge I would say Let's talk about how you want to decouple with China And start with the national security state And the technical state Start with the platforms Start with them Start sanctions on the technical platforms first And man you will see The fleas come off of the dog it will cover the entire head and turn the water black
7: yeah i i, I just think that uh that uh, by the way i am criticizing the left just as harshly as to the right because uh, i consider myself uh, uh, uh you know I, I try to send this meaning that i truly have to think about any religion politics and anything else so this immigration is just an example we don't respect other people's sovereignty, then don't
5: expect other people to respect
1: our sovereignty. I I get it, Peter, but in war, parity doesn't matter. There's only interest and self-interest. No, that's immigration. That's That's not even war.
7: We just, by color revolution, I'm not saying we're Mm. invading people, end of that. But when it comes to war, I'm not too concerned Is this. Actually, you mentioned about AI. I mean, if you're old enough, you remember year 2000. Like, back then, in, in the 90s year 2000 we're
1: going to have some huge computer crash so all, all these oh I, the Y2K
7: yeah got cooked up and same thing with AI I mean I mean it's all part of the I, I don't know how to say it. like you, I think uh, some guy want to pass a law about AI all those kind of shit I, this is exactly how American has become un-American mm. everything comes up we must have a law each law gives the government more power. Just remember this. Each additional law we put on the book gives the police more power, gives the courts more power, gives the politicians more power. Okay? So so it's simple as that. So if you are freaking libertarian, you go read Thomas Paine.
1: Well, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you, Peter, is that I've had communists try to tell me what, how I'm libertarian and how I'm not libertarian and try to define my political polity for me for years. I don't let people do that. You know, I don't let people who aren't in my party tell me what my party is. I have, I've had people on this network who are actual communist party people, Okay, you know, Democrats and the like, tell me how I am or I am not libertarian. And that, you know, they, don't, they don't care about what the actual tenets of liberty are. So they're disacquainted, and they want to tell me what I am and what I do and who I associate with and a la-la-la-la. They want to read me down, and they don't know the first thing about liberty. They don't spend time on it. They just want an opponent to beat up. So, Gregor, what do you say?
2: Well, I have, would love to say I disagree with anything y'all have been saying. I can't. Um, You know, I'm not a fan of what's going on anywhere in the Ukraine. I'm not a
3: fan of, you know, starting a war with China. But I will, and I will say this,
2: yes, we did bring this upon ourselves, and it's all about the, the government wanting to be in charge. This whole notion of spreading democracy that happened in the early 1900s was insane, the way you spread democracy is you become the biggest financial power in the world by producing the best products, and then you trade with them and let them be. Make it a beneficial relationship where you know our goods and your goods, we exchange them, and eventually everyone comes on board just because it's the most practical way to go. It instead we had we forced this power of the seas thing where America became the world government's boot. In order to make to keep the trade routes open sounds like a great idea. Keeping the trade route open, the problem is we did it on ourselves We did it by ourselves
3: instead of oh, integrating yeah. the world and making it a trade
2: issue. Making free trade what is the big thing? Now that's my libertarian side speaking, but absolutely, you know, all of this war talk, I have trouble with some libertarians only in the in the war talk because at all costs, no war. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid I've been around long enough to know that that doesn't work. Um, you know, that we're going to have to be able to defend ourselves, but we should only be defending ourselves against an attack on our soil. And everybody else will just trade with you. And if you don't want to trade with us, fine. We'll trade with somebody else. I guarantee it, we'll find the trade. You want to get rid of, you want to pre- be pulled out of China? Stop buying Chinese stuff. You know, it sounds terribly simple. It's not. It's almost impossible to not buy something from China. So look local. Try to find local. Try to change the market aspect. Become aware of what you're doing and try to educate others and let them know the damage they're doing. Look at your iPhone. Look at some of the Android phones out there Mm. and say, oh, yeah, that phone's made in China. It's not made in Korea. It's not made in Taiwan. It's not made in Texas. Um, You know, so maybe I shouldn't buy it. Uh, that sounds right. terrible. I know the iPhone users are going to be really unhappy with me for saying that, but you know what? iPhone can, uh, Apple can move their plants elsewhere.
1: You know, I, you I and I'm I'm product, in total well. agreement with you, Gregor. I am in total agreement with you. It, it's just that you we're it's going to be a different type of world for a little while. If you wanted to say like think think about your clothing, uh, you would have to kind of switch over. To you would have to stop today all. All buying of new clothing and rely exclusively on used and, and uh, reused or re- recycled clothing uh, in order to, to not buy direct from like say a fast fashion and um, that that's going to be difficult it's it's going to be inconvenient but um, we're we're kind of I'm trying to entertain those things now. And you do it incrementally, like you you work in recycling. Like if you're a green person, you work in your recycling and you work in um, different methods to, to build a discipline that, that supports your values. But you have to at least be interested and you have to say, no, I don't want to use slave labor. I have to be critically interested that the things that I buy are actually subsidizing slave labor. Now, how can I... Not eat salad, you
3: know.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna try a little harder to find out which which produce farms are fair trade, okay? And and, and require to only only shop at places where they're not they're not using um, migrant labor that is is child labor and and subsidized that way. We used to go to Whole Foods and think like that. Well, Whole Foods was bought by Amazon, so I, I think the... I think it's a little <laughs> up in the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Carter Chase, it, you are a very confused human being. And
7: uh, I think a lot of libertarians are confused human beings because I used to this guy... Uh, I
1: guess Barbara. you got it all figured out, Peter.
7: But because, by the way, this guy is a Georgia Republican. Then changed to be a libertarian. And then changed back to the Republican. And uh, he is. I understand the pain that the libertarians feel, because uh, the reason they left uh, Republicans because uh, they believe that under the Republicans' uh, administrations, the government actually also get bigger and bigger, and that is true. But they don't. They cannot hide their other shortcomings that uh, the Republicans share with them, such as being. Uh, uh, not truly, uh, uh, uh,
3: uh, uh, what is it accountable to what
7: happened in the history
1: of this country? Well, I mean, and there's history, Peter, and then there's there's being excluded from the room when those decisions are being made. Now, you can drag Americans collectively, and you can drag my party collectively, but when you when you speak to me individually, which is what this is based on we're talking about individual and lower self government okay the less the the bigger the governments get the the more out of reach it gets okay okay but the bigger the government gets the more power it has to to twist off my head as an individual so if you lower the power of the government then they then i become more and more out of reach for for you know things like death and sanctions and that sort of thing if you if you are not concerned about sanctions, and, and this is supposed to be the unsanctioned citizen, but it's unfortunately that AI showed today, um, because we we majored on AI, AI in the power is a power tool in the hands of the national security state, who's actually become kind of like a uh, a a covert unelected. They do not have the consent of the people to run or operate the things of this government. They do not have the consent of the people to to manufacture a a consent around their governance. Uh, And they do not enjoy uh, the discipline of accountability because they punish the people the best of their own when they come forward, when they start becoming deviant from the law. So we covered that on our show last week when we ran tape with the whistleblower, um, Craig Sawyer. So, um, I don't believe in collective punishment as, as a means to, to control or, or castigate people. I think that that individual license and, and the law has its role. It has its role, but, um, I'm going to have to, 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 to wrap it there. Gregor, do you have any final thoughts for, a uh the word mm-hmm. sovereignty is really important in this country, and most
2: people in this country don't understand what it means. I'm not going to give you a definition. I'd rather you looked it up and choose it for yourself. But the important part is is that you have power over this certain amount of space, and in this case, it's you. So, yeah, sovereignty is something that the Constitution was originally founded in 1789, and with the ten uh, amendments that followed soon after proves that this country is based on individual sovereignty we have lost that it has been tossed and the way it's been raped and pillaged by the abuse of the budget taking congress out of the picture out of lawmaking by their own choice they failed on their part but that needs to come back or we need to
1: reset okay all right. Thank you, Gregor. Thank you, everybody. This has been the Unsanctioned Citizen by proxy of That AI Show. Thank you for joining us. We'll, we'll be here next week at 2 p.m. to take your calls and to listen to you.
0: Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack automatic iHeartRadio radio podcasts and call in please stay in touch we want to hear from you visit sheilamdean.com